As we consider today the fourth petition, give us this day our daily bread, we turn in Holy Scripture to Psalm 37. Psalm 37, where we begin reading at verse 16. A little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. But the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall consume, and to smoke shall they consume away. The wicked borroweth and payeth not again, but the righteous showeth mercy and giveth. For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, and they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young, and now am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful, and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil, and do good, and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loveth judgment, and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever. But the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart, none of his steps shall slide. The wicked watcheth the righteous and seeketh to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. I have seen the wicked in great power, and spreading himself like a green bay tree, yet he passed away, and lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright. For the end of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them. Because they trust in him. Notice. Verse 16, a little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. Verse 22, for such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth. Verse 
and they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. And verse 25, I have been young, and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. As I mentioned, we consider this morning the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer, the exposition of which is found in Lord's Day 50 of our Heidelberg Catechism. Question and answer 125, this is. Which is the fourth petition? Give us this day our daily bread. That is, be pleased to provide us with all things necessary for the body, that we may thereby acknowledge thee to be the only fountain of all good, and that neither our care nor industry nor even thy gifts can profit us without thy blessing. And therefore, that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it alone in thee. Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, we come to the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer today. And remembering that Matthew 5, verse 45, teaches us that God is the one who makes his sun to rise on the evil and on the good, and sends his rain on the just and on the unjust, it might seem that anyone should be able to pray, give us this day our daily bread. After all, we all need bread and what is signified by that term. We need food, ever costly as it becomes. We need clothing and shelter. We need to make the house payment or the rent payment every month. Everyone has needs. Even when you are careful to distinguish needs from what is really nothing more than desires, not necessity. Shouldn't everyone then be able to pray for those things that constitute needs for us? But as we come to the fourth petition, we have also to see here that this prayer comes from a very particular perspective. It's evident even from the fact that it follows the other three petitions which our Lord has taught us. And those petitions which come before this are all petitions which seek God, His name, His kingdom, His will. As yet, there's been no mention of our need except insofar as in the hallowing of God's name and the seeking of his kingdom and will, we have also seen from Scripture that the way in which he glorifies himself and therefore the way in which his kingdom comes and his will is done is also the way of our salvation. It's for our salvation. Everything, therefore, 
serves our salvation. It does so, we might say, as that derived from God seeking his own glory and working out his own good pleasure. And what these first three petitions taught us, therefore, is that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. And that truth set forth in Deuteronomy 8, verse 3, and footnoted in our catechism in this Lord's Day, was quoted by Christ in rebuttal of Satan, who tempted Jesus as recorded in Matthew 4. Man lives, therefore, by the word of God's grace. That word alone gives us life and breath in all things as those belonging to our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. So when we are taught to pray, give us this day our daily bread, while we are taught to look to our Heavenly Father for our earthly material needs, we're not merely looking for earthly things, albeit needs. But we are confessing our need that we receive life's necessities with God's blessing. Because nothing can profit us without God's blessing. So let's consider this morning our prayer for life's necessities its basis, its very simple request, and its exclusive nature. What is the basis for this prayer for life's necessity? It's important that we face this question, otherwise we might find it easy to neglect this petition. After all, why should we pray for this when we have never lacked? When our freezers are full and our gardens gardens perhaps are producing well this year and we have jobs that allow us to still cover those rapidly rising food prices, why do we have to pray, give us this day our daily bread? Was this prayer meant only for the disciples? who needed to receive food day by day. There are many poor, especially in other countries, who look for their food daily. Was this petition given only to them? And then you realize, apart from those questions, that we can find it very difficult to pray this when our tables are full. Perhaps because our food is already before us, we, we think it really unnecessary to pray this petition. We've been considering the various petitions of the Lord's Prayer because Jesus taught us to pray after this manner, but we do well to be reminded of, for the, of the basis of this particular petition. The basis for this petition 
is found in the relationship in which we stand to our Heavenly Father. But before we get there, we ought to remember, not forget, the relationship in which God stands to all things. He's the one who alone can call everything his own. He's the owner of all things. If this petition is to make any sense at all, it recognizes our dependence upon him as the one who alone has something to give and who alone has the power to give it to whomsoever he will. The Lord God is the one who said, In Psalm 50, verse 12, If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine, and the fullness thereof. It's after pointing out that truth, because we are so dull of understanding sometimes, that he says, Offer unto God thanksgiving, and pay thy vows unto the Most High. So when Jesus teaches us to pray to our Heavenly Father, give us this day our daily bread, we ought immediately to remember that we are dependent upon Him for everything. Even as an as a infant or a small child is dependent upon his parents for everything whether it be mother's milk, or food, or shelter, or protection, or a change of diapers. Dependent upon his parents for everything. So are we dependent upon God. It is in that sense of dependence that We pray this petition even when that food is right within our reach and we have everything we could want. It isn't ours. It belongs to God. How important it is that we understand that if we are going to receive God's good gifts with thankful hearts. We live surrounded by this sense of entitlement. People today think they have a right to whatever they want. So heavily has that doctrine of entitlement been pushed in our culture that multitudes think that they are entitled to having their government bring their living standards up to those of the wealthy. There are those who think that they are entitled to kill the babies they conceive. They are entitled to marry members of the same sex, even though the world for centuries, even thousands of years, understood that from the very beginning of history, marriage was designed for male and female who were to be committed to each other 
in that relationship. Multitudes today think that they are entitled to happiness, to having their desires satisfied. People of God, we need to be reminded that we are but servants of the living God, dependent upon Him alone, who is alone the creator and therefore the sovereign owner of everything. Still more, in his relationship to the things of this creation, God is the one who dispenses all things according to his sovereign will. Lord's Day 10, in its treatment of the truth of God's providence, points out that all creatures are so in his hand that without his will they could not so much as move. He upholds and governs heaven, earth, and all creatures, so that herbs and grass, rain and drought, fruitful and barren years, meat and drink, health and sickness, riches and poverty, yea, and all things come not by chance, but by his fatherly hand. So think about this when it comes to the prayer for your daily bread. The prayer is not that God places a loaf of bread on your table each day. We have to consider yet not only what that bread means, but what it symbolizes, we have to also consider how God provides for those necessities. If we look at the simple concept, food or drink, bread, we have to take into account the farmer who works. Oh yes, and how does he work except God gives him the health and strength necessary to do that work. The same holds true for you and for me when God provides by means of our work. We are dependent upon our Heavenly Father for the health and strength to be able to work, as well as for the work itself. But back to the farmer. He plants God's seed. And he needs sunshine and rain that only God can provide. That demonstrates we are directly dependent upon God for our food. Those who attempt to live without God in the world simply say, it is mine. I earned it. I worked for it. They have no regard for God, no acknowledgement of the truth that the Lord is the one who opens his hand and provides for every living thing, Psalm 145, verse 16. And for that reason, they cannot pray, nor do they have the desire to pray, 
give us this day our daily bread. But when we understand that God is the one who not only possesses all things, but who distributes all things according to his sovereign will, then we acknowledge our dependence upon him. So this petition can only be offered properly and as an exercise of faith in gratitude to God when we recognize God's absolute sovereignty. Consider the contrast between this fourth petition and what we've confessed in the previous petitions about our Heavenly Father. He's eternally glorious. Heaven is his throne. The earth is his footstool. His name is hallowed. He is set apart in holiness. He rules over all. Now we come to the fourth petition, and we find that we are incapable of obtaining the basic necessities of life without his provision. There is no self-made man. We've talked about God's provision of food. But he's also the one who gives us the ability to eat. What good would that bread do if we could not even digest it? And that we might be reminded of his dependence upon him, Sometimes God sends us affliction and removes from us the appetite for food or the ability to eat and digest what we eat. So the prayer for our daily bread and that day by day is also a recognition of our dependence upon him for our health and for that food to serve as means in his hand to strengthen us, and that in order that we might live and work before his face, to his glory, and according to his will. That bread, therefore, is for us the means to serve us in order that we might serve God. And then in that same connection, recognizing God's sovereignty, we see that by teaching us to pray for life's necessities, he also reveals himself as a caring father. He designed us to be dependent upon him. We rely entirely upon the goodness of our God. But he's the provider who cares for us. Let's remember that, shall we? But then, as I mentioned, the principal foundation, foundation, the chief basis for our praying this petition is the relationship in which we stand to our Heavenly Father. That relationship is ours by faith in Jesus Christ and on the basis of his perfect work. This prayer is given to you and to me as children of our Heavenly Father. 
It's given us as we consciously live by faith in the knowledge of belonging to Father's household. We belong to our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. For that reason, and on that basis, when we pray this fourth petition, we do so with the intense desire that we receive those gifts from Father's hand with His blessing. We understand as we confessed in Psalm 37, verse 16, a little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. We believe, as those redeemed by the precious blood of Christ, that in Him we have been taken into the fellowship of God's covenant life where we have true wealth, riches beyond compare. Our Heavenly Father provides for us as members of His family, telling us that whether we talk about things present or things to come, all is ours. All has been placed under the sovereign rule of Christ, who is our head, the exalted King of kings and Lord of lords. We are his. All things, therefore, are for our sakes. As we call upon our Heavenly Father, he has given us in perfect wisdom, what he sees fit for us. And by his work in us and through faith, we acknowledge that neither our care nor industry nor even his gifts can profit us without his blessing. But we look for that blessing because We rely upon Christ's perfect work and his continued care in leading us to our heavenly home. The second main point to which I call your attention this morning in our consideration of our prayer for life's necessities is how simple it is. We have here a very simple request. By teaching us to pray, Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus points to the wonderful reality that God knows that we are flesh and therefore cares for us as we stand before the necessities of life. He takes his word into the trials we face He takes his word right to our kitchen tables. While scripture would soundly condemn the so-called prosperity gospel proclaimed by some today who would use the name of Christ to seek earthly riches, 
Scripture also would reject any teaching that devalues the body or views the physical needs of the body as belonging only to the carnal and unspiritual. The Apostle Paul described that that latter error in 1 Timothy 4, verses 3 and following, when he openly condemned the lies of those who command to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. The simple request of the Lord's Prayer in its fourth petition is a healthy reminder to us that we should never undervalue our physical provision. To do so is to fail to thank God for them as we ought. God would have us call upon him for our daily bread. And that day by day, he created us with physical needs, such as water and food and clothing and shelter and sleep. Those needs themselves did not come about as a consequence of the fall. Those needs belong to our very creation by God. They demonstrate our dependence upon Him and belong to that created order of which God said, Behold, it is very good. But then this petition, Ask simply for necessities, not luxuries. One might well ask the question, why should we limit our requests to the bare necessities of life? After all, is not our God rich? Is he not the owner of all things? He said, In Haggai 2, verse 8, The silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. And as our Father, would He not be willing to give us bountifully of His possession? Why then should we simply ask for the necessities? Well, let me remind you, first of all, He has given us bountifully of his possession. And especially do we, at this time in history, live richly. We take so much for granted that the great sin of our lives is that of the ingratitude for what God has given us. And this petition does not forbid us from having luxuries in God's way 
and received with thanksgiving and not out of covetousness. To some, God gives much. Just remember, to whom he gives much, he also requires much. But that said, the fourth petition would remind us that we are pilgrims and strangers in this earth. Those who are just passing through on our journey to heaven. And for that reason, we are to seek the things above and not the things on the earth. We find what is necessary and we pray for those necessities in that which will serve us on our journey toward heaven. We long to be busy in the service of God's kingdom. That doesn't mean only in church work, that means in the callings God gives us. We long to do his will in the home and in the workplace. And for that reason, we go to him for our daily needs. And yet, in its simplicity, this petition covers all our needs. The term bread certainly symbolizes all the necessities of life. You immediately understand that this prayer would not be answered by God placing a loaf of bread on our table. Just as he commands us, when we come to partake of the Lord's Supper, so with our earthly food, he says, take, eat. So we also need these hands either to cut the bread or break the loaf. We need the health necessary to digest the food and to assimilate it into our bodies. We need the income to buy the bread. God is a God of means also in our provision. From the very beginning of time, he created men to work. And because God uses means in supplying us our earthly needs, we also need the jobs to earn the income to buy the bread. We need the tools to do our jobs, and so on. The same things are true when it comes to clothing and shelter. This petition is the prayer for life's necessities because God created us dependent upon him for everything and would have us humble ourselves by acknowledging our dependence upon him in our prayers. And by that fact, Jesus taught us to pray for our daily bread and that day by day highlighting our dependence upon our Heavenly Father. Our hunger reminds us of that need regularly. When you get hungry, do you you think of it that way? Does it remind you of your dependence upon 
our Heavenly Father? Or is your hunger just an alarm for time to eat? You see, God knows we need this call to prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. And so God's Word teaches us to fix our hearts consistently upon God rather than doing so only when we lack what we need. Finally, we cannot pray this petition as Jesus taught us to pray without noting its exclusive nature. It is only as children of light that we can pray this petition and do. Praying this petition by faith, we also recognize that God himself is the only fountain of all good and that neither our care nor industry, hard work, nor even God's good gifts, which gifts he bestows upon all to serve his divine purposes, can profit us without his blessing. We read earlier from Psalm 37, where we confessed in verse 22, for such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, and they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. Asaph made the sad mistake one to which we all are so susceptible in looking at things which the wicked receive from the hand of God and becoming envious. We read about it in in Psalm 73. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish, cried Asaph. He said, Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. And what about poor me? Asaph knew very well that God is the provider of those gifts even to the wicked. Asaph wasn't so foolish to think that the wicked get everything by themselves, by their hard work and ingenuity. He knew that whether righteous or ungodly, every person receives every breath and every heartbeat from God himself, as well as everything he or she might possess. But Asaph made a tragic mistake. And his mistaken thinking robbed him of peace with God and stirred every particle of discontent in his own fallen nature. Asaph thought that all those good things that the wicked had, all their riches, were indication of God's blessing. And then God brought him to the sanctuary 
and open the eyes of his spiritual understanding. And Asaph saw that all those good things that God had given the ungodly greased the slide, as it were, to their destruction. And Asaph, in horror, also at his own erroneous thinking and sinful complaining, confessed in awe, Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou castest them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation? As in a moment they are utterly consumed with terrors. Nothing can profit us without God's blessing. And therefore we have to recognize what a privileged place God has given us in the fellowship of his dear son that we might approach him for life's necessities knowing that on the basis of the cross we are heirs of all things. From that point of view, while the fourth petition is indeed a prayer for our earthly necessities, those necessities also remind us of our deeper spiritual needs. If we refer back a moment to the text that I referred to in my introduction and footnoted in the Catechism, Deuteronomy 8, verse 3, we find Moses telling the children of Israel the reason God gave them to experience hunger for a time with no sight of food before providing them manna from heaven as their perfect nutrients day by day. He would humble them and teach them that man does not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of Jehovah. And the same is true for us. The only way we enjoy the goodness of God's provisions daily is by hearing the word of his grace and seeing his faithfulness to us in Christ Jesus, his only begotten Son, our Lord. That's why Jesus revealed himself as the true bread of life. Every day, as we pray for our daily bread, we should also be reminded of our need for Christ the bread of life who alone can truly satisfy. By faith, let us lay hold upon him who shed his blood for us and reconciled us unto God that we can sit as partakers of his covenant fellowship, heirs of all things so we may acknowledge 
our Heavenly Father as the fountain of all good. Amen. Gracious Father, Thou alone art our faithful provider who has given of us, given to us richly. And in Christ Jesus, Thou hast given us not only the riches of our salvation, Thou hast given us all things with Thy blessing. Father, we thank Thee. Forgive our ingratitude. Strengthen our faith. And grant that we might look to Thee for all things. For Jesus' sake, amen.